You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us on August 11th at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for a celebration of hope featuring guest speaker Tim Tebow and musical artist Ben Fuller. Find out more and get your tickets at hia10.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Oklahoma Beef Council. On behalf of Oklahoma's beef farmers and ranchers, we want to remind you that beef can be part of a heart-healthy diet. To find heart-healthy beef recipes, go to oklabeef.org forward slash recipes. Link below. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, host, back with another episode down at out my real estate office today. We're at Keller Williams Realty Elite uh, off class in and uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you our guest, Dr. Carrie Lopez. Good morning. Thank you for coming down. Thank you for taking some time out of your Sunday morning to, uh, to come record with us today. Awesome. Awesome to be here. So uh, we've just been talking. You're coming up on 30 years of the family business, uh, Lower Rack Furniture, which a lot of people, if you're on social media, would have seen, especially if you're in like the Western cowboy kind of culture, because your chairs are fantastic. Thank you. Uh, very jealous. Um, but there's a lot more that goes into it than just chairs. And obviously, 30 years, I'm sure there's plenty of stories over the years uh, that you have to tell. Um, but first of all, I mean, let's start a little bit, you know, general kind of how the podcast works is, you know, we just, just timeline everything you, you do and how you get to where you are. So um, were you born and raised in the state? I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, from Milwaukee, I went to high school in Chicago, all girls Catholic school in Chicago. And then I went on to uh, Marquette University in Milwaukee, where I studied uh, pre-med. And that took me to Madrid, Spain, my senior year. I wanted to practice medicine in Hispanic country. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Spain and traveled Europe for a year as I studied my senior year of college. And then from Spain, I moved to Guadalajara, Mexico. And so that's where I went to medical school mm -hmm. and then did a year residency in Chicago and then went back to Mexico and planned on living there my entire life. 
But unfortunately, in 1992, the peso devaluated. Uh So that took me to Oklahoma. It was actually NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, which, um, you know, uh, brought a lot of business through I-35 and connected Canada to Mexico through the United States. So we started a, a business and landed in Alva. Um, and I was a college professor at Northwestern Oklahoma State. Okay. And actually started teaching medical personnel classes and then was an, ended up in the Spanish department because of my fluency in the language. Um, and I think my background of being from the Midwest to traveling European lifestyles for you know a year and then moving to Mexico actually has a lot of cultural background in Lork Ranch Home Furnishings. I think we bring a lot of trends from um, the beautiful buttery soft leathers from Italy to the Hacienda doors that we make into uh, dining room tables and tables, coffee tables. And of course, then all the cowhides came from Oklahoma. So the Old West, our love for the American cowboy has really taken a uh, trend in our venue of home furnishings. Yeah, so much. So much to unpack. Uh, As a little girl growing up, do you want to be a doctor? Absolutely. Okay, why? Just the love of medicine. I loved helping people. I was the one that was kind of the lifeguard out there. We had a family home um, on a lake and was Mm -hmm. lifeguard watching people. If anybody got injured, it was me. Um, Go help, go help. I'll do it, I'll do it. Yeah, so it's just my love of medicine. Okay, big family growing up? Yes, six. one of six children. And, um, of course, lots of the siblings live up in Wisconsin. Uh And my sister Mary lives um, here in Oklahoma, and she's my vice president. Okay. Yes. That was one of Luis was like, ask about about my Aunt Mary. So we'll get to that a little bit later in the business. Um, So growing up kind of in the north, you just hate the cold and think, Madrid sounds great for a senior year. (laughs) Like, let's go You know what? I really didn't know the difference in kind of temperatures. My grandparents actually were called snowbirds. Mm -hmm. They had a home in Florida, in Naples, Florida. And so we would go there once a year, and that was our family vacation. But, of course, I love that climate and everything. But growing up in the Midwest, you, you know, you learn to adapt. You don't know anything different. We walked, you know, to school. We we wore snow boots, and and we snowmobiled, and we skied, you know, ice fishing, all of it. We did it all. And so, but when I um, actually traveled to Mexico as a, I believe it was an, Freshman in high school, okay. my first time to travel to Mexico. Um, I love the culture. I love the weather. I went to Mexico City with my class, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. And so I think that just passion for learning Spanish, and my parents actually brought that to us because they would travel um, every year, sometimes twice a year to Mexico. Mm-hmm. My dad was an independent insurance agent, and so he, yeah. you know, won trips, and that was their their place of choice. And they would come back, you know, sun-kissed with the beautiful suntans and, you know, saying little phrases in, in Spanish mm-hmm. and telling us about the culture. I loved it. Fell in love with it. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about the European and um, kind of South American way of life. Absolutely. Right? Like the whole siesta and just not yeah. working 80-hour weeks. Hey, like you got it. Having eight weeks off a year of vacation and all the rest right. of it. So, right. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't, I haven't been to South America yet, but um, yeah, I mean, growing up in Europe, I you know we weren't mm-hmm. short of days off, and my parents were always kind of 
you know, we didn't take many family vacations, but they definitely had time off to do, you know, fun stuff around. Right. It's, it's, it's the love of family. It's you enjoy that family time and you believe, you know, in those family experiences. And that's, that's a cultural, that's a really cultural experience. Yeah. So from that point, then you thought I'm going to be a doctor and I want to go and be, uh, I need to learn Spanish and be in a um, Spanish speaking country. Right. Okay, and that yes. was the dream, and you that was the dream. Yes, the and unfortunately, 1992 just really took a twist, and mm-hmm. so we moved mm-hmm. from um, from Guadalajara um, to uh, Oklahoma, and that you know, I, I, I love it. I lived, you yeah. know, Alva, rural Oklahoma, for 12 years, yeah. and then in 2004 um, moved to Edmond. And the Oklahoma City experience with our store down there on Reno Avenue has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about moving to Alva, Oklahoma after being in Guadalajara, yeah. Mexico and like, you know, everything that you've wanted in life is probably where you're at at the moment and then this happens in 92 and you think, I'm going to move. Like A lot of people listening would probably think that's kind of like a prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I embraced it totally. Sure. You know, I have a pa- I had a passion for teaching the Spanish language and the culture, and I wanted to bring that mm-hmm. to the student population there. It was wonderful because I received so much knowledge from them. I didn't really know about the the cowboy, the American cowboy. Um, a lot of my students were were rodeo uh, on the rodeo team at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, of course, were ran- ranchers and farmers. Um, in the area, but then of course we had a pretty big um, population of students that came from from all over the country mm-hmm. to play sports, and so we had kids from Mississippi, from Florida, um, from California, from the East Coast, yeah. you know, to play um, sports that they got scholarships for. So I embraced them all, mm-hmm. and my passion for sports, especially American football and basketball, mm-hmm. you know, was amazing. Because I, those students learned the language of Spanish through those sports. I would yeah. teach them, you know, the numbers of players and the positions and this and that. So it was fun. But no, I loved it. It was a great place to raise children as well. Yeah. To which you have four kids? Yes, four children. Okay. Were mm-hmm. they all around that time that you were in Alva? Well, um, 1991, um, my, my first daughter was born, and she was mm-hmm. born in Guadalajara. And then we moved in 1992 and landed in, in Alva in 93. And then my son Luis was born in 94, Antonio was born in 97, and then Daniela in 2000. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So they know urban life, mm-hmm. you know, but they also know rural life. Yeah. Which there's a lot to be said about that too. Like if I could have my way and my wife didn't want to be, you know, close to where she works within 20 minutes, I would be in the countryside, Ah. you know, on some acres. I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. I need to drag her away from her office. Um, The other thing about Alva is uh, we've had a few guests on the podcast from Alva. Uh, Tom McDaniel's been on the podcast. Wonderful. And then do you He was the president there when I was teaching. Okay, great. So that's kind of, you have a very big connection with Absolutely. Yes. That's awesome. And then, uh, do you know the Holder family? Yes. So Andrew Holder is a really good friend of mine. Oh, wonderful. So yeah, she started, we we were both real estate agents in this office. Okay. Okay. I think their family owns Holder Drug in Uh Alva. Okay. Uh Yes. Know them well. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. small world. Yes. Both have been on the podcast. Oh, Um, wonderful. Shout out if they're listening. Uh, (laughs) Probably not, but if they are, hello. Yes. Um, Yeah. Alva's, and and they were in my conference conference as well for, for school. Uh, oh. Northwestern Oklahoma State was in our conference. Okay. So uh, we traveled up to watch basketball games. And, and yeah, it's, um, like I said, there's, there's a lot of cool things going on up there and a lot of um, small town feel, but for the good 
Everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, that's where I learned the cowboy way. Mm -hmm. It's um, the look of the eye. um, It's the shake of the hand. It's the, you know, the the experience when they come into Lork Ranch and purchase, you know, you just feel it. Yeah. So you taught then for quite a while. Yes, 12 years. 12 years up mm-hmm. in Alba. Uh-huh, yes. And just you just think, I want to do this, this season of my life is done. I want to do something else now. Right. I knew that there was going to be a change in my life when the children were starting to get a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to be able to, um, you know, be in uh, sports teams that were a little bit more um, fast paced and higher education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted them to go to Catholic schools. So I knew that in 2004, we were going to make the move okay. to um, to come to Edmond. And so, uh, of course, you know, the rural life there was fantastic. But I knew that, that I needed that it was it was a nice place to live for that time period. But I knew that there was going to be a change. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to take over the business as well. So there was already a business. Then. Yes, we started in Alpha okay. oh, in okay. 1993. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And we actually started, um, Eduardo, um, my ex-husband, he was, um, he is a very much of a visionary. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we moved to Alva, he started, um, you know, making friends with with the local people there, and he befriended um, Sheriff Jones. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff loved uh, any type of antique furnishings, and especially uh, spurs and saddles, mm-hmm. bits. And so Eduardo would find those things for him, and then it just became kind of like a business. We would find old doors and old pedal cars. And then he he restored um, a lot of those furnishings um, as well. And that's just how Lork Ranch began in Alva. And then in 1997, we launched our store off of I-35 in Oklahoma City, across from Frontier City. Yeah. And then in 2008 to our current location on Reno. And right now you have three schools? Yes, one in Pahaska. We are right next door to Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman, and then in Amarillo, Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so coming to Oklahoma City, then you know you, you're you're making the move. You you well, there's a change in life. You think I'm you know I've done as much as I think I want to do teaching, and you, you know it's time to move to Oklahoma City, and also bring the kids with you. Um, you know, and and I assume there's a bigger population of Catholics in Oklahoma City than there were in Alva as well. So that's a huge plus. Correct. And you decide to become part of get into the business. Had you had kind of entrepreneurial tendencies up until that point? I did. Okay. I did. As a young girl, um, I started a little company called Exito. Okay. Which means success mm-hmm. with my sister, and we sold Mexican jewelry and uh, Mexican clothing, uh, and so I I have always had that in me, this entrepreneurial spirit. I think it comes from my father, and the teaching side comes from my mother. Uh, my dad being an independent insurance agent, um, you know, it was it's just one of those things that I think you you kind of are born with. And I didn't know I had it. I didn't know I had the design in me either. Um, I love clothing. I love you know. Um, I love, I love traveling, and I think all of that together brought me to where I, I became the person I am today mm-hmm. at Lork Ranch. Yeah, yeah, it's traveling broadens the mind. Everybody should travel. It's one of the things that when people finish university back home, they generally take a gap year and go travel, and no one does that here. Oh, you're or right. Or very little people do You're that absolutely here. right. And it's so much value in like, yeah, you can always start work. Like, what's one year? You right. Know? Like, if you can figure out how to pay for it, 
backpack at your student. You don't mind sleeping in, you know, a hostel or whatever it is. And generally, other countries, other than the flight, it's cheap. I agree. You know? I agree. I think you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. when you're when you do that traveling. Um, you know, and in places that you've never been to, languages that you you know you experience, new cultures, new foods, um, architecture, all of that. I think it's so much a part of of you know mm-hmm. who you become yeah so at this point in life then you're a mother you've got a few kids you decide like you know it's 97 right you, you moved to Oklahoma City correct and just oh the- no 97 sorry 97 we um we started the store in okay. in Oklahoma City but it wasn't until 2004 that I actually moved with the kids got you so you have all four kids at yes. this point and yes. you moved to Oklahoma yes. City yes. Mm-hmm. um what's just the plan at that point I think I'm gonna be a store owner I, you know I've been a doctor I've been an educator professor in you know in kind of a rural town but you're dealing with kids from all over because they're on scholarship and traveling and teaching. And then like there's three totally different careers here, right? I know. But also, you know, you're, you're fluent in Spanish. Right. So that's got to help. Right. It was amazing. With everything. Yes. It was amazing because I was able to, you know, design furniture in Mexico and, um, you know, we brought our, our team down there of designers and then we would design together. And it just was something that I, I really didn't know I had a passion for, but I was, I, I'm enamored with it. Yeah. I really am. I mean, it's something that came to me, kind of was put on my, uh, it was like, uh, I was served this plate. Okay, now do something with it. And we, we did have some challenges because when I got here, um, 2004 was a good year, but 2005, the housing market crashed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it was tough. There were tough times and we had to find out you know, different markets and we were both in wholesale and retail. And so we kind of shut down our wholesale division for a a temporary time there and just went full force retail. Um, And then we knew that the property on I-35 really wasn't the best location. And so we searched for another property and found the one on Reno where, you know, that's Furniture Row. And we are, we were amongst everybody searching for furniture and we're different because we actually build furniture. We upholster, we custom design. So the client that comes in the door, you know, they're looking for, they're coming into the door for a reason. They know we're a rustic furniture store, but what they don't know is we are contemporary. We are modern. We do have, you know, a, um, a Santa Fe feel, but we can do all of it because we have on-site carpenters and upholsters and finishers. So when you come in the door, you're, met with this wonderful aroma of leather. And then you experience all the colors. You, you touch the buttery soft leathers, the cow hides. Um, and then we laser engrave. And so that rancher or farmer or oil and gas man that come in the door, we can laser engrave their brand right on their custom office chair yeah. or an ottoman. So we bring our passion into their homes. That's huge. Yeah, and, and you're right, like that... You know that that furniture row area. I mean, that is that's that's your Broadway. That's your Route sixty six. Like that is the spot that you need to be in. Absolutely. Right? Yes. You know? And and everyone, I think, you know, people want people. A lot of people, the majority of people, don't share the vision that yourself, the people you're in business with, the people you're in furniture, uh, you know, kind of like architects, right? We don't share that vision or, or interior designers. I don't know what that. I probably would 
find someone on Instagram, walk in and be like, I want my office to look exactly like this. Right, right. right. But the good thing about you guys is, you you know, when you walk in, you're like, okay, I know what you're talking about. Let's do this. Customize it, whatever you want. And and you have a team there to help people get to what they're at, you know? And that's the beauty of it. Because for me coming in, I'm terrible at shopping. (laughs) But if I see something I want, you know, I'm in and out straight away, right? But the worst thing for me is decision fatigue and coming in and thinking, I kind of know what I want, but also like there's a million options, uh, but I'm sure you deal with that every right. day. Right. And we take you through the process. I mean, yeah. you get to go to the upholstery shop. You get to search through cowhides. You custom pick your leather, your cowhide, uh, your fabric, even the color of the wood, the nail head, mm-hmm. um, a killum rug, if we're going to add that to an old West chair. And besides that, we even reupholster. So if you want to bring in your grandmother's mm-hmm. old bench or old rocking chair, we can reupholster it for you. And those pieces become legacy pieces then in your house and are there forever and ever. Yeah, it's just like reselling a pair of boots. There right? you go. Yeah, that's, yes. that's really cool. Uh, I didn't know that because we have four uh, dining room chairs right now that need to be reupholstered. There you and go. My mother-in-law is very skilled. Uh, oh. I don't know, though, if she... We'll have to talk. Um, <laughs> I love that. I don't know if I might cause a, a small war in my house if I, <laughs> I want, you know, this furniture, which probably doesn't go anywhere in my house, um, but it would look great in the corner in one photo. Awesome. Um, but yeah, that's really cool to know. So that happens. You, you're kind of dealing with the housing market crash, mm-hmm. right? And over yes. 30 years of business, you've right. dealt with a lot of ups and downs, right. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. COVID was another one. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you know what? We continued to work seven days a week. All the employees worked um, on site. We were deemed essential because we sell um, mattresses Mm -hmm. and people needed our furniture. If you're transforming your home now into your home office, Mm -hmm. um, your gym, um, the kids are at home. They need places to study. Um, There were so much renovations going on inside and outside homes that we boomed and we continued to boom. But we continued to manufacture. And that is the key point that kept us afloat. Many furniture stores have now folded. Um, The supply chain was a big issue with them. And fortunately for us, it was not. Because we manufacture so much of our furnishings, and we had the supply of leathers and fabrics and, and nail heads, and you know our employees were still on hand. Now, I will tell you, the traffic, of course, slowed down, but we worked on Facebook, Instagram, and, and print advertising. We're in Cowboys and Indians magazine, um, a monthly issue, as well as uh, Western art and architecture. So those two things really helped us. And of course, the city of Oklahoma City was amazing for us. We worked with them on, you know, the SBA loans and um, programs that they were helping through um, economic development. And we were very fortunate to receive um, grants from the city of Oklahoma City as well. Tell me then, so I love all that and the, the city is great for SBA loans and, and, and there's, you're not the only one who said that on the podcast. Like there's a lot of examples of that and it's very helpful to get small businesses through COVID and everything like that. Tell me about social media and kind of going into that. Because for me, like that is my world, right? Like I, exactly. I, kind of, I understand it. I understand the value of it. It is very hard from a business perspective to get the art, get the metrics for return on investment, right? You could say, hey, I got 50,000 followers on my page, but I don't know unless somebody tells me when they come into my store, I saw you on Instagram. I saw you on Facebook. So it's very hard to quantify right. that, right? So as right. you know, when... 
and someone comes to you and says, hey, will you, you know, market on our page or whatever it is, it's very tough to justify the time and the spend in social media because you're not getting people coming in every day mm-hmm. saying, right. even though it's probably taken six or seven of them scrolling hits to say, oh, wow, yeah, I'm going to go there. Right. So right. How, do you, how do you harness that? How do you see the value in social media? And then how did you double down during COVID into say, you know, yeah, we're here, come see us? One of the most online. important things I, it, I have to give a shout out to my sister, Mary, um, regarding social media. Um, she does a great job of taking the viewer through the entire process from the beginnings of the carpenter's hands creating um, an ottoman, for example, to the finisher putting on the legs of the ottoman, um, painting the parts that will be, you know, shown the wood, the wood part. And then, of course, through upholstery, the upholsterer putting on the foam and then the cowhide or leather and then finishing up with a nail head. So if you watch our Instagram or our Facebook pages, you'll see that process. And we are a hands-on bench crafted company. And I think through that, you can, you see the process, but of course, if you come into the store, you really see the entire process because you can get that hands-on. You see it in person. You can smell the, you know, the wonderful buttery leathers. Um, the aromas are amazing, you know, through the wood processing at, um, of the upholstery, I mean, of the carpentry shop as well, because that's what we use. We use hardwoods. You know, everything is made, well-made, quality products, and that's what we represent. And I think through those social medias, uh, mediums, you, you get the real taste of what Laura Cranch does and uniqueness. Every product is so unique. Yeah. Yeah, it, it adds value, right? Like, it's... Um you know, then it's back to your, the point about you laser etching the logos in. Like, I'm thinking about my chair that I will have at some point with my This Is Oklahoma logo in the back of it and maybe some other logos as well. We'll awesome. see. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like, the, the storytelling element. A lot mm-hmm. of people think that, you know, it, it takes a full film crew and they've got to do this and it, it takes so much time in social media. But if you just go to the basics and say, hey, we're building an ottoman, we're building an office chair, this is how it starts, and take people through the process... There's so much value yes, in Yes, I agree. Right? And they see the value and they see the time that goes into it and they understand that it's a quality, customized product, not just, you know, as much as I love Ikea, you know, because <laughs> if it's ease, it's the total opposite, right? Right, um, right. You know, I don't like putting it together. Um, but, you know, just, you're right. It's, it's a custom piece. It means a lot. And especially, you know, if it's something that's going to go in an office that... As a kid, you know, you wake, you know, you remember your mum's office or your dad's office. Mm-hmm. Growing up now, you know, like you said, with the, the COVID housing kind of situation that happened, a lot of people, you know, I got to see a lot of it being in the real estate industry. A lot of people were either bu- building onto their existing houses, exactly. a gym, and second, you know, an extra mm-hmm. office because mum mm-hmm. and dad were working and they both need to be working from home. Or like you said, the kids are now doing school from home. Um, there was a lot of home renovations going on. Absolutely. So these kids growing up now are remembering, oh, mom and dad had a home office. What was yes. their office chair like? You know, like as a kid, you jump in your dad's office chair, your mom's office chair, and you're spinning around. In there, right? <laughs> and growing, you know, 20 years from now, hopefully that chair, you know, if they, you know. Right. They, they, hopefully their parents have invested in a chair that they will remember that. Exactly. So part of that process after that, you know, you see it on Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. And let's say that client comes in now. And they say, hey, I saw this picture. Um, I really want 
to make something like this, but I want to change, you know, the fabric or the leather on it. So then um, we, 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 we start the creation of that, the design of it. And that client, through text messages now, gets to see it on their phone. And that is amazing because, you know, it's from the beginnings to the end and then they come and pick it up and they are just enamored with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love my chair. You know, and it's comfort as well. Besides the beauty that you see on the outside, we always want our furniture to be comfortable. We know that, you know, families are going to be spending um Christmas dinners and Thanksgiving dinners around a beautiful dining table made of reclaimed wood or with upholstered chairs. And, and that could even be an access deer hide, you know, in a lodge or it could be fabric made of um, Pendleton by Sumbrella. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of, you know, of the social media is it brings people in and they educate themselves first before they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. They either go on our website, you know, or they follow us, you know, on on social media and they actually know what they want Mm -hmm. and then we just help them through the process yeah yeah definitely so with with the whole business then did when is there a point over the 30 years where you know i'm sure we've had peaks and troughs and stuff but is there a point in the 30 years that you're like we're a thing now we have taken off does that align with anything yes i i believe when cowboys and indians magazine asked to do um a story on us uh in February of 2022, uh, I think that that was one of the most pivotal moments of my life. And I was like, wow, um, we branded our company for so many years. And, um, and then to see the write up, it was phenomenal. So I, th- I, I, I think when other people from afar, you know, recognize you and, you know, this business, since we don't have the the clientele, the culture has changed and we don't have that clientele coming into the store as much as we did in the past. What's happening now with Lork Ranch is people are flying in from other locations. And that is amazing. And they also fly us to their locations. And so that was something I, I dreamt about. I really did at the very beginnings of Lork Ranch. I thought, wow, what it, would it be to design an entire ranch or an entire home in the mountains? And now we've done it. And so my dream, of course, never dies it continues i have more and more and more dreams so my next dream is to actually have a ranch okay. a small ranch here in oklahoma and um probably near between here and pahaska i'd love to have acreage and build you know uh, a barn dominium with some smaller houses on it so that we could you know bring clientele there have uh, family family retreats, whatever. I mean, I think it would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. You're speaking my language. Uh, <laughs> I love the it. The condominium is just like, oh. you know, it's just the greatest. It seems like the greatest thing in the world, mm-hmm. right? But also you're right. Like somewhere a perfect location between Oklahoma City and Pawhuska that you can have, that you can fly people in, that they can kind of simulate what their ranch would look like. You know, oh and, and you think, you know, I'm thinking of like just Oklahoma sunrises and sunsets on the porch, right? And just stuff like that. But also, you know, you know, you, you get to show people basically a warehouse, right? Oh, you absolutely. have multiple buildings out there in a warehouse of, you know, uh, or a showcase. It doesn't, obviously it doesn't have to be a massive one, but you know, something that, that you can really show people that what it looks like in real mm-hmm. life. Cause you know, it is hard to simulate in a store what this would look like right. in the front room. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know our ceilings are super tall mm-hmm. and to bring that, you know, to a home, you know, ceiling height is, is very different. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of things that that we can do as far as designing and people can see when you come and, and, ha- and go through the Lork Ranch experience mm-hmm. because we, we show you on site, you know, what this would look like. Yeah. Put it around this table. Um, and that way, you know, you bring it down to your own roots. Mm-hmm. When was, uh, where was the first time somebody flew you out to their house to style? When was that and where did you go? Um, I went to Pal- Palomino Petroleum in Newton, in Newton, Kansas. Okay. Um, and I was flown out there um, by the owners, um, Clay and Jennifer Watches. And so great people, amazing design. And um, we went out and, and worked on about eight offices. And um, it was an experience of a lifetime. Just to be able to do some really bling, bling office chairs. Um, we did uh, one that was very ranch style for a cattleman we did uh another office chair that was designed you know by by the love of texas so they were all really 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 different different offices in under one setting mm-hmm. so an oil company is uh is a, a lot of dis- how how does your business kind of say like split up between oil field offices ranch houses lodges and personal homes it's really interesting that you ask that because the rancher you know they may um buy a lot of furniture that has the cowhide on it and then mountain modern for example in in colorado lodges um they like um the the white tibetan lamb um they like the muted colors of creams and grays uh so we'll do more of a of a contemporary style up there. And then in, in Oklahoma, for example, a lot of the lake homes we do, um, those are maybe the one of a kind pieces from the old haciendas using old woods from, from Mexico. Uh, but I think all of those, every piece of furniture in our store can go in any setting and it's eye candy. It really is. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, you're in a, you're at a lodge or you're at a home or you're at an office and it sets the, it sets the tone, right? But also if you're a client that is being, you know, welcomed into that home or welcomed into that office by, you know, the customer to close a deal or whatever it is. Right. And they walk in and they've got, you know, not just like one nice chair, they've got <laughs> 10, right? Yes. And, and the yes. whole thing is like... You know, these guys have a have a an eye for detail. Right. You know, it sets kind of a really good tone, and right. I'm sure it, it has helped close deals. As right, well. and that makes a, that brings me to a thought. Um, the Cedar Gate in Kingfisher, we worked on their council room, their tribal council room, and they have about twenty Lork Ranch office chairs, all in beautiful different styles of cowhides, from brindles to spotted to um, you know just black and white. I mean, amazing, amazing, um, very beautiful um, cowhide office chairs. Yeah. So business is growing, you know, you're doing all all these good things. And and when comes the time that you decide to open a new store and where do you go first? Right. So back in 2016, Drummond reached out to us and um, asked us to make tables for her mercantile in Pahuska. And so that's really the way we were able to, you know, kind of find our niche in, in, um, Pahuska. So we made the beautiful tables out of reclaimed, um, railroad car flooring. And these railroad cars were from the forties, fifties, and sixties. And the flooring of these railroad cars were beautiful oak woods. 
And so we um, started making tabletops with them, made them in round, rectangle, square, and reordered them from us. And it it was amazing to just be up there in, in Pahaska back in 2016 when the town was basically uh, pretty void of, of any type of entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, businesses were were pretty void up there. There was just a few. And so we went up there over Christmas. She launched on uh, Halloween in 2016. And then we went up with the family in 2016 at Christmas time. And I noticed a building that was vacant right next to hers. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if we could do something with this building. And called the real estate agent, actually the owner of the building. And Mary and I sat down with him and ended up signing the contract. And then I purchased the building um, later on in um, 2018. And so we've been up there, you know, since 2016 and love it. We love Pahaska. Um, It's amazing to know, you know, the movie Killers of the Flower Moon will be coming out soon. And a lot of our furnishings will be in that movie, which is a little... What's fun. You know, I can't wait to see it, you know, on the big screen. Um, One of the major... um, Buffalo scenes we have is with our buffalo shoulder mount that is in um, one of the, I guess it's the pool scene where they're actually playing pool. And it'll be fun to watch. Really fun. It brought in tons of people to Pasca. So... Yeah, like you're up there. You obviously know Ree's brand is growing in 2016. She's kind of a thing already. Um, but like I said, they're her mercantile. She's just about to open and you have this huge opportunity. And it's a huge risk, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially up there, like, you know, it's just her and yeah, it's her, her spot. But at the same time, you don't, you know, it's hard kind of gambling or risking your whole move out there for the new store on one person mm-hmm. right right um and obviously it's paid off because you know everyone knows where that is now everyone yes. knows there's a hotel or small boutique hotel there's there's a lot of commerce going on and then like i said you have the movie now that's up there that was mm-hmm. filmed and i'm sure it's fantastic to see the you know the streets covered in mud and the, oh, the, you know, redoing amazing. everything and yeah like yeah tell me about that process yes Totally breathtaking. And I, I was able to work with um, one of the set directors uh, because, you know, they needed those furnishings from, you know, we're talking back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And so um, it was so fun to work with them and to be able to be on the set. I was able to, you know, walk down there with them and they showed me, you know, kind of, um, you know, where they were going to put the items. But the town being transformed back to those days, you know, was something that I got to experience. I, I felt like I was back in the 30s and 40s, um, you know, just watching them, you know, in their buggies and the horses and their clothing that they wore. And then the Osage Native American Indians are just wonderful people, so embracing, uh, you know, just learning their story. This is all new. This was all new to me because I wasn't born and raised in Oklahoma. And so I really didn't know a lot about Oklahoma's history. And being there during that time and reading the book, of course, uh, really you know, enlightened me and and just watching watching the movie set becoming a creation uh, was phenomenal. Yeah. Is all this going on at the kind of the same time as you get um, you get in the magazine? No, a no. Lo- this this was That's after. Yeah, okay. yes, this was after. Got you. Yes. So yeah, like 
being, you know, on a movie set, right? You know, you're, you're kind of, you're on the big stage, you know, yeah. but also it's in a town in Oklahoma that you probably know really well. Right. So you've got all this cool things happening and, and you, you know, the, it feels like people have come to you and you're there and, you know, who knows, it's, it's hindsight to know, like if you'd have been in it, if you hadn't had a stall there. Right. right? I don't like, think who so. Knows? Right. You, you know? Yeah. That's a good, that's um, a good point. It, I'm sure it's been great, you know, uh, to be involved in the city, involved in Paul Husker and, and the chamber and just have a stall there. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's such a wonderful place and right. and, and it's paid off for you. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure. Yeah. There were conversations like, this is a huge risk for us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it's one of the, what goes down, it'll go down to history as the, one of the greatest decisions you've ever made. It will, it will. An interesting part of that story is that back in 2019, um, my, my youngest daughter graduated from high school and she has been working, you know, for me for many, many, many years. And she, um, came to a conclusion. She's like, mom, you know what? I think we really need to go and look for accessories and a clothing line and a boutique style for for the store in Pahuska because I know people are coming there from far away and they're not able to take furnishings with them. So why don't we kind of change? And so in 2019, we went to Dallas Market and we found boutique items, a clothing clothing lines and hats and um, ended up designing moccasins and she really truly launched that and currently she's a student at osu and studying fashion merchandising and so it's amazing how your children you know bring to the table you know things that you you don't see and her love for pahaska store the boutique has now launched a boutique in the, my store in Oklahoma City, as well as a boutique in Amarillo. So our stores have, you know, we sell clothing lines and um, a, a lot of Pendleton. Um, Johnny was, um, and free people. We have a couple of lines of of, uh, of shoes as well, but all dedicated to the ranching and farming lives of these people that come to visit us. Yeah, I'm sure it's awesome to have your daughter involved as a family yes. business. I know obviously you and your sister are very involved and you have been in business, as you said, with your sister before this, but you know, having your daughter, especially from a young age, I mean, she's about to go to right. OSU, so it's not like she's graduated right. and she's looking for a job. You right. know, she's, it, it's, it's a little different, you know, when, when, when a, a child comes out of, the, out of college and like, looking for a job now. Oh, I guess I'll work for family <laughs> business. Like clearly Danielle has a passion for this. She does. And, and you know, going into it and you know, it, it's probably a big decision to go to school as well. Right. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to go to school. Right. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially right. now that the things that she's learned and it's cool for her to be like, you know, I'm going to do four years of, of college mm-hmm. and enjoy it and be a kid. Right. And then get into, I guess, being, right. being a business owner after that. That's so interesting because the oldest, Alejandra, she graduated from DePaul in Chicago mm-hmm. and then went on to her, uh, her master's degree at UNT in in Denton. Luis graduated and played basketball at Oklahoma Christian, then went on to study his graduate studies at UNT. Um, my son, Tony, graduated from OU, and actually he's um, doing a lot of my photography right now for Laura Grant, and then Danielle at OSU. So just the, the the children, you see all the diversification in their lives as well. You know, it's, um, you know, they've lived in Mexico um, and have uh, cousins galore in Mexico. They, you know, get, got to travel to Wisconsin, where I'm from, and then, of course, landed in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's a lot of big cultural experiences throughout our lives. Yeah. And we love to travel. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. important. You have to do it. Yes. Um, you know, there's like, like we said, there's so much to learn from just going, even just going to the next state. Like, right. Get in the car. And right. Go. That's the beauty of this country. I love driving across right. this country. Um, I have some trips coming up and I just can't wait to jump in the car and go see. And I, 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 you know, depending on if you like driving or not, but I like, you see much more when you drive. Mm-hmm. So I love to do mm-hmm. that. But uh, yeah, Luis, I was talking to Luis this morning and he said, um, I said, you know, we have an event coming up. I said, are you coming? He's like, no, I'm actually going to be in Mexico for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I love you. it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, let's talk about your sister, Mary, because Luis, your son said, you have Absolutely. to ask, have to ask my mom about, um, about Aunt Mary and, and just, you know, you've been in business for a long time and, and, Specifically, I think he said, been in business with the family ranch, uh, furniture ranch side of things, so 10 plus years. I think right. 2012, she, she yeah. started on with me. She actually launched um, this store in Oklahoma City in 97. She was here okay. for just a short time and then um, came back in 2012. So since 2012, uh, we've really, we, we have a chemistry like no other. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother calls us the twins she never had. We're 18 months apart. Um I'm I'm the more strong um I guess the strong force behind academics and athletics and getting the kids, you know, because she has six, six children and I have four. Oh, wow. And so there's a lot of kids. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of the upper hand there when it comes to, you know, just making sure that academics is in, in line and, and athletics, you're, if you're performing, you're performing, mm-hmm. you're practicing, you're practicing. Um, and then she's um, the comic relief. She's, um, she's the fun aunt. She's the one that you meet when, and you're greeted by when you come into Lork Ranch. Um, a beautiful blonde, um, she, she has a personality like no other, and she knows how to connect with people. You know, she finds that, that common de- denominator, and um, they don't forget her. You know, and she's the one that's in constant contact with them. You know, like I said, if they're if they purchased um, some pieces from us that are custom made, she sends you the text message of the process of you know when they're they're doing the um, the upholstery project on it, or when they're sewing it up, when they're putting on the hand hammered nail heads, or when they're cutting the the hand cut fringe. So you you will never forget Mary. She's she's an amazing. Um, an amazing sister, an amazing, um, you know, friend uh, to me because, you know, during the highs and lows of, of business, it's, it's been, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough, but um, we have an amazing connection, amazing chemistry. Yeah. I mean, it's tough enough being in business. It's tough enough added family into that mm-hmm. too, right? Especially, yeah. like you said, when you have, yes. you know, you have four kids of your own, Mary's got 10, you know, plus all the employees feel right. like kids at the same right. time. Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, it's great to have that bond and, and be work together. And I'm sure there are times you're like, I don't want to see you. <laughs> I need 24 hours. You know, you know, I have never felt that way. No, not Absolutely yet. Absolutely <laughs> never felt that way. And I'm going to tell you a funny story. Yeah. My, um, so we have, you know, this, we have the family that lives in, in Wisconsin, all parts of kind of um, near Milwaukee. Um, and so sometimes when we go up there and if we're up there together, our sisters have to separate us. Like we have this affinity for one another that we sit next to each other, yeah. no matter where we are. And it's not, it's not something we, we purposely do. It's just that we have this an amazing connection, yeah. this amazing connection. 
That's so, that special. Yeah. That is special. It is. Uh, earlier on, you mentioned kind of like the cowboy way uh, and how that in business has kind of just been part of the business and you've learned a lot. What are the lessons that you've learned from that, from moving to Alva, you know, to all the business stuff that you've done? I think the most important part of that is work ethic. I think the, the American cowboy, the old West, the American West has something to say about integrity, the integrity of the cowboy, you know, who's working the land, the land that we love, that we live off of. Um, they're such hardworking people. And, you know, when they come into our store, there's an amazing connection because they're so honest and it's a wonderful, it's, it's, it's sometimes hard to get to know them, but we break that ice, it's the icebreaker, somehow we, we get to know them, you know, and then when they leave, they leave as friends. So it, it's like I said, it's that cowboy way, it's that look in the eye, it's that handshake, it's the tip of the hat. There's so much culture, there's so much integrity, there's so much um, pride in being, you know, from the West and a cowboy. Uh, I just, I love it. I love the cowboy way. Yeah, it's, uh, and people like, you know, there might somebody listening to this that isn't been, hasn't been around it, just doesn't get it. Um, but if you, if you are fortunate enough to be around it or meet someone like that, um, there are a lot of very, very good life lessons from that. Absolutely. Um, and, and there was a quote, I read a book recently, uh, and it was like, just the simple way of life is sometimes the best way of life. Oh I think gosh, it's, I'm absolutely. paraphrasing, but it was something like right. that. And it just takes you back to, you know, like, what are you thankful for? Right. You get up in mm -hmm. the morning mm -hmm. and, and, you know, yes, we've probably got our heads in our phones and we turn the TV on and, you know, staying away from the media and all that stuff. But, you know, what can you control? What are you happy about? And, you know, just kind of integrity, honesty and, and that way. Of oh, life. my gosh. Absolutely. And the women behind those men, mm -hmm. you know, because they're training the children to do the same thing and they're making the meals and they're they're working as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, those women um the cowgirls are phenomenal. Yeah. They they work just as hard as the men. Mm -hmm. So a shout out to all of those cowgirls. There's plenty of them out there. Yeah, there are for sure. Uh, and I'm sure they make great models for the for you as well. Right? And, <laughs> they do. And your daughter's clothing line they and all do. the other stuff too. Yes. Uh, okay. Two questions to finish up. Uh, what would you say is your greatest business achievement? On in October of last year, we held a clay shoot at uh, the Cedar Gate for Toby Keith's Kids Corral. And um, I had a dream. The donations were all going to the Kids Corral, which is a uh, facility right across the street from OU Medical Center for children who are suffering from cancer. And so this is where the family can stay at no cost. And we were able to actually furnish some of the furnishings in some of the bedrooms and in the kitchen and in the living spaces. But I um, held this clay shoot um, along with um, the Phoenix group at the Cedar Gate, and we raised over $200,000 for Toby Keith's Kids Corral. It was phenomenal. Um, I thank my entire team for um, helping me out, you know, to make this goal, you know, an incredible dream come true. And we're holding another one. Our, this will be an annual event at the Cedar Gate on October 20th, which is a Friday. Uh, and we are so excited 
you know, once again, partner with um, the Kids Corral and um, hopefully beat our goal. Yes, that's uh, yes. that's fantastic to be able to give back. Oh right. my gosh. In your own setting too. In my yes. And you know, I wasn't expecting Toby or, or Trish to to come to the event. Um, lots of prayers and and to him for his his um, you know, his recovery from, from cancer. And uh, and he was out there. And it was just such a special moment, you know, to see him come and, um, you know, get out of the truck and, and greet everybody that was there and actually bring a family whose um, child um, was suffering from cancer. And they, the family stayed at, at, um, at the corral. But emotions just, you know, just amazing, amazing emotions. Yeah. And um, giving back is is a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It definitely is. Um, the other thing that we haven't talked about, which uh, we really need to, because of the travel that you've done and the places that you've been, the food there is fantastic. Now, I love food. <gasps> oh, um, so my. tell me about, do you have a kind of recipe? Do you miss anything from being in Mexico? Like what, I mean... If you're going to cook a dish, what is it? You know, how, how has your travels impacted your f- love of food? Right. I think the, probably flan is what I make the most that I, and I love the most of the Mexican culture, as well as salsas. So just making those homemade salsas are, wow. You know, you can do, you can make them with so many and grilling them actually the, you know, grilling the serranos or the jalapenos, um, on the grill and with the tomato and the garlic and then putting it in the blender and just, you know, the flavors, the flavors are amazing. Um, I was able to take a trip to Europe, um, with my children. So all of my children now, and that was a major accomplishment as a mother to get them all to travel to Europe. So my son, Tony, who graduated from OU, um, during COVID, he was supposed to study in uh, Spain and in Italy. And unfortunately, COVID shut it down and he graduated and thus wasn't able to go. So I promised him at graduation day, I promise I will take you to Europe. Okay, so um, last year in May, I took, there was nine of us that traveled to Europe. And of course, the, I didn't travel to Spain where I had lived, but just remembering all those Italian dishes that we had tried and we went to Paris as well and the Parisian food and the streets and just the love of the culture there. I mean, I love cooking. I absolutely love cooking. And I think I bring a little taste of everything to the, to, because I'm German and Irish. And so I bring that, um, that flavor to our Christmas dinners and our Easter dinner and Thanksgiving. And then every time we have a birthday party, it's a family dinner. So I, I love it. I love food. I love cooking. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, I'm going to have to get invited to one of these. Okay. You're a guest. <laughs> Invitation has uh, now been. That's brilliant. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of spicy food because in the UK, we don't have spicy food unless it's Indian food. And I'm just not a huge fan of spicy food at all. However, the UK does Indian food, like Indian takeout food, like no other. Wow. Um, the other thing that Louis said I had to talk to you about was um, your little Yorkie. Oh, Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> during COVID we had our dog Teddy who was a a beautiful chocolate lab that we have really 
bought um, in 2004 when we recent, when we moved to uh, Edmond from from Alva, yeah. and so Teddy was about 15 years old. So my all four of my children went down to Gainesville, Texas, and brought me back a Yorkie, oh. and he's my Bentley. He's Mr. B. Believe me, he he walks with me every morning, about 45 minute walk, and then we played catch, and he loves it. Yeah, he's he's my buddy. Pets are the best. Yes, he is. Dogs are the best. I yes. should say I'm a dog person. Yes, a cat yes. Person. yes. Love my Mr. B. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming in, spending an hour, and sharing some great stories. Oh, um, thank you. It's Mike. been fantastic. For people listening, um, I will put a link to uh, your Instagram and website in the description. Uh, if you're on Instagram, looking right now while you're scrolling it's Lorick Ranch on Instagram uh, and then we have and last week of September we have your 30th anniversary yes, sale coming yes, up yes 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 which is huge is that across all three stores yes it will okay mm-hmm. that's coming up and then October 20th then you've got the fundraiser absolutely as well absolutely for Toby Key so. yeah fantastic yep, those yeah. couple events coming up uh, if you're in Paul Husker Amarillo in Oklahoma City pop in um, yeah, and, and you get yourself a custom or start the process of getting yourself a custom office chair or there dining chair or whatever it is that you would like for your house. So um, for people listening, thank you so much. Um, Dr. Carrie, thank you so much for coming in and uh, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thanks, Mike. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, share an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www dot oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor. They do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma and without their support, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them, do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us on August 11th at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum for a celebration of hope featuring guest speaker Tim Tebow and musical artist Ben Fuller. Find out more and get your tickets at hia10.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Oklahoma Beef Council. On behalf of Oklahoma's beef farmers and ranchers, we want to remind you that beef can be part of a heart-healthy diet. To find heart-healthy beef recipes, go to oklabeef.org forward slash recipes. Link below. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.